0: Welcome to the Team Baptist Church podcast. Please note that all or some of this podcast may have been recorded during our live physical services at Team Baptist Church. Therefore, sound quality may be affected in some areas. We hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, so we're looking at the issue today of the Bible, gender and transgenderism, particularly militant trans- transgenderism. So, our scripture that we launched with was Malachi chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. It says of the priest of a pastor, True instruction was in his mouth, and nothing false was found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and turned many from sin. So the purpose of the teaching of the Word of God is to lead people from what has become the norm in society that was once called in God's Word, Sin. Whether society endorses a certain behavior or not, God's word about things has not changed. Amen? And so the responsibility of a pastor is to keep truth, the truth of God's word, um, make people aware of that in society. For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty and people seek instruction from his mouth. So we are looking at this issue from God's point of view, regardless of what is going on in society. Now we're saying this, I want to say that there's a difference between those who are struggling with gender identity disorder. In other words, a person who feels conflicted within themselves between the body that they're living in and the gender that they feel if those are different. So if we're talking about a male who's feeling that they have feminine inclinations but realizes that that is not right, they want to change. There's a difference between that and somebody who says, what we believe to be true is there's no such thing as categories of male and female, there's a broad spectrum of genders, and it should be embraced. And not only should it be embraced, but we should advocate it, we should teach it to our children, we should change laws and change society. That's militant transgenderism, we're making a difference. making a distinction between the two now how far has this gone well Scott Smith was called in to the principal's office at his school his school his child's school Sorry, the name of the school was Stonebridge High School the reason he was called in was the school reported that his daughter had just been molested in their school bathrooms and how had that happened well A young man who identified as a female went into the bathroom because that's what they're allowed to do. If you're a boy and you identify as a female, you may then go into a girl's bathroom. Found his daughter there, molested her in three different ways, and then he was called in. The school refused to report that to the police. He insisted that this be reported to the police. Well, he became agitated about it. Well, they did call the police. They called the police on him. The school later charged against him as being a domestic terrorist for being so vocal about the incident. Though it was government policy that this type of abuse should be reported, the school in their accountability meeting came up later, did not even mention it. When asked why they didn't mention, I said, oh, well, we forgot, we forgot. Uh, We omitted it from our report. Nothing was done to that boy. Three weeks later, three kilometers down the road, he went to another school, teenager, male, identifying as a female, did the same thing to somebody else there. That's how far this has gone. But the strange thing is, the father was called in by the police. The school was exonerated. So last war- week I wore black, and you thought it was Johnny Cash. No, it was. They end the death of common sense, democracy. Today I'm wearing red. Guess what that means? It's not Valentine's Day. <laughs> red is the color of danger. Because one of the things I want to address today is the danger of militant transgenderism. Well, we can't go there until we understand what it is that these ideologists believe. So we're going to run through that. We started last week. They firstly believe that gender is fluid. You're not born a particular gender. You're born with an open agenda. Your gender is open. You can be male, female, anything down this spectrum, Gender is non-binary. There's a difference between an assigned biological sex and your gender preference. You can be born a certain way. You can identify as something completely different. There are also not two genders. There are multiple forms of genders, up to 72 types of gender. More genders than in the whole of the natural realm is now to be found in this mixed-up class of educated homo sapiens. Gender dysphoria is a sign of being transgender. So if you, for a period of time, go through a sexual identity crisis, which is common in young children and teenagers, that is living proof that you are transgender. Gender, we're moving on now, something we didn't say yesterday, gender is a social construct. In other words, the only reason that we believe that there's a male and a female is because society has taught you that there's a male and a female. But really, those things don't exist. Society indoctrinated you. They'll say it seems a lot like what they are saying is the reindoctrination of society if gender is a social construct. Then, another part of their belief system is that the only reason that homosexuals, lesbians and transgenders are discriminated against that is a carryover from colonialism. In other words, it was the colonialists who brought the ideas that homosexuality is wrong, that they brought it to Africa, that transgenderism is wrong. It was the colonials. So if we can get rid of that colonial dogma, then we can be free to be, I don't know. Well, there's an African president, saw a video clip, So a reporter was saying, don't you believe that homophobia came with the colonialists? So the president said to him, what are you suggesting? That before the colonialists, Africans were homosexual. What nonsense. But it's that woke idea. You follow feelings, not science, emotional stories, and not facts to determine your gender. So I was listening to a story about a Baptist pastor who said, well, his church wanted to know what to do about this issue. And so somebody in his church educated him about the impact of hormones and things like that, and that brought about a change in his thinking. And he went on and on and on in his TED Talk about how many friends in the transgender his community uh, transgender community he has made now and that he's changed his position not once did he mention the bible text but he kept on speaking about how loving this community is how they've embraced him and things like that he said pastor you should go and read malachi chapter 2 where it says that you the pastor are supposed to be keeping the truth of god's word current you have let people, sociologists and the like, change your convictions as a minister of the gospel. Another idea of theirs, a belief, is transgenderism is necessary to build an inclusive society. Right? We, are we just want to build a society where everybody feels at home and feels welcome. Well, that's on the surface of things. Another idea of theirs is, is trans is one of the most victimized segments of society. Right up there, they're as oppressed as people of colour were oppressed. So they want to take the narrative of racial oppression, they want to say that we are as oppressed as they and we share their struggles. You'll hear talk after talk after talk that the trans community is one of the most victimized, traumatised segments of society, the violence that is perpetrated against them is horrific. But the statistics show something different. All they're walking around with is a victim mentality. How could you victimize a trans person? Well, victimization starts with just not calling them by their preferred pronoun. Say they want to be called a she, but you say, but you look like a he, and you refuse to call them a she, well that's already a form of abuse. Now I don't know about you, but people used to be wired a little bit, with a little bit more courage in the past. You weren't just convicted of a hate crime just because you didn't agree with a person's personal sexual preference. But they've invented all manner of offences. Therefore, they can call themselves the most victimized segment of society. God is a God of love and all love is love. Doesn't it sound wonderful? If we could just all love each other a little bit better. Well, God says love is love, but there are also boundaries in God's word. God is not just a God of love. He's also a God of truth. And as I said, love without truth is deception. It's not truth. It's a fake form of truth. So let's look at how this ideology is working its way out in society. So we're looking at transgender activism. The first way that they're doing... um, in terms of their activism is to change the education systems to indoctrinate people. So many people have said, we don't want your indoctrination. We have sent our children to school to be educated, not to be subjected to your ideology. So the sexual orientation and gender identity identity curriculum, which is promoted by our government at the moment states this everyone has a sexual orientation and gender identity it's an inclusive term that applies to everyone whether they identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual transgender, queer, two-spirit heterosexual or cisgender in their lesson on family diversity rather than being focused on tolerance and respect for all students and families they paint as bigoted the belief That marriage is the union of male, of a man and a woman. So that children need a father and mother. They say, well, that's just a bigoted idea. But they are teaching your children this in school. And if your children have been through enough of this, what are they going to start believing? Soji is the Trojan horse of the LGBT community. It's the Trojan horse. It's the thing that they're going to sneak into the schools... And when it's in the school, they're going to uncover its true nature. The DA in the Western Cape is pushing similar policies in the schools of the province. Yay for the Western Cape run by the DA. Only thing is, we don't really know what their policies are. So this is from their website. They want to create a special class of students and compel other students to comply with their radical demands. This includes allowing biological males who identify as girls to have access to female bathrooms. They also have started on their own initiative trying to pass a bill that bans Conversion therapy. So what is conversion therapy? Which is the DA's own initiative. Conversion therapy is that when you find somebody who is transgender and you try and counsel them out of that, it is unethical, it is abusive according to the DA. Is the ANC any better? Well, they are the ones who are promoting SOGI in our schools. It's time... That you stand up for who you are as a believer first. And that you consider your political alliance a second. So we have transgender people having queer story time. What do you think it is that they're reading? It's not so Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Here you have another guy, Jonathan van der Ness, who's written a book, Peanut Goes for the Gold. Peanut is a non-binary guinea pig. I don't know if you find that in the guinea pig community, but apparently they are guinea pigs who are non-binary. You see on the, the gingerbread, I don't know if a gingerbread person... But this is another way in which they try trying to push their agenda. You can see the brain, there's identity, then attraction, then you express in a certain way. And when you look at the genital region, there are three different types of genders. Another thing that they're trying to do is politicize the whole trans agenda. They've trained something that used to be a personal preference, made it a constitutional right that they're advocating for, They've taken it further than being a constitutional right to being a what do we call what do we call the term today? A human right issue and now a civil right issue. So what are we saying? If you can make the advocacy of transgenderism a civil right issue, then you can get people going to the streets protesting on your behalf. Very clever. And nobody sees this coming. Trans rights are human rights. Yes, it used to be a sexual preference. Now it's a human right. They're wanting to change language. The reason that they're wanting to change language is simply to get people to speak like they speak. So instead of using personal pronouns that assign a particular gender, you and I need to use all inclusive pronouns. Don't call a person a he, she, call them a they. It sounds weird. But that is what they're insisting on. And if you and I don't use their pronouns, it's a sign of disrespect. Take a little bit of further. It's a hate crime. I kid you not. Another one of their... The ways in which they are active in society is the suppression of freedom of speech. J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter... She gave back an award that she received from the U.S. Kennedy family after being criticised for her views on gender and trans issues. She said, I believe that you're born with a corresponding identity to your biological makeup. Because she dared to say that, she was criticised by the trans community So she said, well, then I give this award back because I'm not buying into your nonsense. Another thing they're doing is trying to criminalize, criminalize all opposing views and use society's judicial and political systems against its own system, against its own citizens, sorry. So years. Part of the Criminal Justice Act 2003. If someone has been violent or hostile towards you because of your sexual orientation, this is known as a homophobic hate incident. When somebody is charged with a homophobic or transphobic hate crime, the judge can impose a tougher sentence on the offender under the Criminal Justice Act. And what is this offense? You disagreed with their gender. It's now a hate crime. The DA is committed to challenging human rights violations which seek to target the LGBTQIA community directly from their website. That is after endorsing June as Pride Month in Cape Town. Do you really want these people in power? Haven't we got enough problems with those in power already? The denial of parents' rights. Children may go for a gender reassignment surgery without their parents' permission. It's not required. We already have in our country that your children may go for an abortion without your consent. It is the removal of the parents' right, and the government is taking over what belongs to the parents to create geographical strongholds, gay neighbourhoods. So they have parts of the city blocks exclusively designated for gays, lesbians, transsexuals. Now, heterosexuals are allowed there, but it is, you know, if you're gonna go into that place, you're going to be free. Not only if that strikes you as weird, but the picture on your left-hand side, you see people in quasi-Nazi clothing, marching around, propagating transgenderism. Now, that looked like Germany in the early days of Hitler. It seems nothing strange that the guy in front there is a middle-aged man in his undies on rollerblades. Does anybody not see this as strange? They call it gayberhoods. Not neighbourhoods, but gayberhoods. Don't laugh. Because this country is already adopting these policies. And we are the Christians. We are just like, we don't know what to say. It seems so unfair. They just want to be free. No, they just don't want to be free. They want to create an alternative culture. It's in their stated policies. Let's not be naive. So when we're talking about gender neutral bathrooms and changing rooms, what they're saying is, Males who identify as females may go into the same locker rooms as your daughters and they must be allowed full access because they identify. But we've already seen the abuse of that. There is an incident, more than one in the Bible, of a gay neighborhood. It's called Sodom and Gomorrah. Now just to say that is going to be offensive. And even people who are going to hear me say that are going to say... Well, you're just a bigot. You're just a fundamentalist. You're just a right winger. I say, no, I'm not. I still remember the days when right was right and wrong was wrong. And I'm not buying into the transgender ideology. Another means of activism is to repress and demonize opponents. To paint anybody who criticized them as a homophobe, transphobe, a bigot, a hater, a Nazi, intolerant. And listen to this. This is the latest one. A domestic terrorist. That man whose daughter was abused was branded a domestic terrorist. But the perpetrator got off scot-free. Kathleen Stock resigned as a professor of philosophy from the University of Sussex because of continuous, relentless, over a period of three years agitation from students in the university, the woke students in the university, who were calling her out against her supposed transphobic opinions. They protested with masks and balaclavas, they set off flares outside her offices, and held up banners stock out. They labeled her a TERF. TERF stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. So, this is basically a woman who doesn't subscribe to their ideology is now labeled a TERF. Anyone that doesn't agree with them immediately gets some type of label. We're seeing the suppression of women's rights and violence against women. The irony here is that this movement is even more suppressive and oppressive of women, right, than many of the movements in the past. Because you see, it works like this. If a trans man, biological man, who identifies as a woman, wants to go into a woman's bathroom, and the woman then object to it, he has more rights than they. So we are seeing that women are losing their rights To the trans community. Didn't we leave behind the oppression of women? We have incidents where you have men competing in women's sports on an equal footing and if the male wins because they identify as a female then they just get the prize. You may have seen an incident of that where a boy entered an adolescent wrestling league and guess what the guy won hello not to be sexist but men are generally stronger than women particularly when it comes to that arena so you take an adolescent boy and you put him wrestling against girls who do you think is going to win he won but he identified as a girl so that makes him just another female winner they are opening the floodgates one trans gender professor is advocating for the right of maps what is a map a map is a minor attracted person we used to call it a pedophile she's advocating for the rights of pedophilia to be um, how can I say embraced as long as they don't act on it a minor attracted person well did anybody not see that coming when you go that far that is the next stage they're divisive and militant. We've seen families, churches split. We've seen countries split around this issue. They are militant. They are using the terminology of warfare. You're an ally, and if you're an ally, you're in. We spoke about that. There's an attempt to hypersexualize society. Everything about this community has to do with sex. You identify by your sex. Hey, you're a human being apart from your genitals. But when you see these communities, the only thing that is spoken about is the genitals and the defining people in those ways. There's this obsessive, unnatural fixation with gender. Gender. Look at the Soji curriculum, which your children are going to be taught. What are different ways to show affection without having sex? Touching bodies, touching each other's genitals, arousing each other. When you look at the Soji curriculum, parents, you need to go and look at that. It is pornographic. It is not education. It is borderline pornographic. If I were just to even speak about the way it's been spoken about, I think we'll have a couple of people blushing here, maybe myself included I'll be talking like this so what does the Bible have to say we are to go into that in depth next week but the Bible only affirms two genders male and female so God created mankind in his own image in the image of God he created them Jesus said haven't you read at the beginning the creator made them male and female there is nowhere in the Bible that a third or a fourth gender is mentioned now if it exists why didn't God speak about it Number two, God created both our biological sex and the corresponding gender together. Psalm 139 verse 13, For I, I praise you, you created my innermost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Okay? 1 Corinthians fourteen, thirty-three: God is not a God of disorder or confusion. God is not about creating people with one gender and placing within them a different identity so that the person struggles the rest of their life. But where the transgender ideology has been pushed in schools, schools are starting to see more and more children and teenagers thinking, hey, maybe I'm trans. It's because there is a purposeful attempt to drive this agenda forward. God would have us respect gender differences. Deuteronomy 22 verse 5, A woman must not wear men's clothing, nor man wear women's clothing. For the Lord your God detests anyone who does this. A strong aversion, CEV, women must not pretend to be men and men must not pretend to be women. That doesn't mean women you may not wear pants. We're talking about the type of dressing in order specifically to project yourself as somebody of an opposite gender. That type of. So when you specifically look like a man, you are a man, but you want to pretend. The Bible says, don't Create this few confusion when I've already made things pretty clear. One of the purposes of gender is procreation. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. One of the reasons that we need to keep these, and you've heard the argument many times, the fact is, once people go through a transgender surgery, they become sterile. If they take uh, hormone replacement therapy, they become sterile. The ability to reproduce disappears. Number five, we're just looking at two more, five and six. Our dignity as human beings comes from the dignity that God has bestowed on the human race. We've been made in the image of God. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over. So God created mankind in His own image. When you and I Respect another person. It's not on the basis of their gender. It's the merely that they are created in the image of God. You and I don't need to give transgenderists respect. God already gave them respect. The mere fact that they're human beings created in the image of God. We don't have to say, well, if I don't identify with your gender, then I disrespect you. Of course, I still respect you. You're created in the image of God. But I disrespect... I respectfully do not agree with your ideology. And may I disagree? Well, the transgenderists will say, well, you're a straight-out homophobe. Because all discussion and debate with them is put out the window. That's why you cannot have an institution of higher learning where whenever you disagree with this, you are shut down. Isn't the definition of a university unity in diversity where people are supposed to be allowed to look at different views. And then lastly, God has chosen to identify as male. And we're going to have to live with it. Matthew 6 verse 9, this is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, not our mother in heaven. Not they in heaven. John 14 6, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If you know me, you really know me, you will know my father as well. God is on record of saying, I want to be called Father. Now, is God male? No, He's Spirit. But He's chosen, for some reason, to identify as male. Now, here's the irony. The transgenderists who want to be identified by their chosen identity... Will not give God that same respect. God is a father, he's a she, he's a it, he's a they he's that thing in the universe. You just see this intolerance and this confusion at every turn surrounding this. So folks, next week we're gonna look at one thing that is missing in the whole transgender debate, and that is the issue of morality. It doesn't surface. Whenever you hear Christian advocates of transgenderism, not once will they quote a Bible verse or mention the issue of morality. You and I, as the church, have a prophetic voice. We're supposed to speak in society and remind them of God, about God's ways. We're supposed to warn them so that they won't one day be judged. It's not our opinions. Don't kill the messenger. It's what God wants to be communicated. Now if they choose to brand you a homophobe or anything like that, it's a decision they've made. But you will find that many people who are not Christians are outspoken against this ideology because they have identified that it is harmful to and unhealthy in society. We also want to look at those who sincerely do experience transgender identity identity disorder what should we be doing to help them but you and I as a church even if we some of the last people that are going to speak like this need to be light in a dark place the bible says that the church is the pillar and foundation of the truth and we're supposed to be the tr- people who stand up for God's principles because on this matter from Genesis to Revelation, God is pretty clear. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Father, we want to thank you for your word. In there. Your word says the entrance of it brings light. And Father, we see so many people, even in the house of God, being confused about what to decide and believe about this issue and so Father we want to pray that you'll help us to keep a clear line of thinking to look at your word and allow your word to inform us in this confusing debate about gender Father we want to pray that you'll help us be advocates not against the trans community, but rather advocates for truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, remember to share it with people you feel may be encouraged by it as well. Also remember, for more resources, to watch our video sermons, or to find out more about Ramsey Baptist Church, visit us online at www.rbethchurch.org.